Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome in to the Go Vols 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee joined by Ryan Callahan, a breaking news edition of sorts because Tennessee stays hot on the recruiting trail and has picked up yet another commitment in the month of April. And this one, Ryan Callahan, is very, very intriguing. I, I think so, too. Uh, Jeremiah's heard a, a class of 2024 defensive lineman from uh, from Model High School in, in Rome, Georgia. Um uh, not 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 the biggest school, not a, not a place that uh, that gets a lot of attention in recruiting. So uh, he's sort of flown under the radar to this point. And so so you'll you'll look at his twenty four seven sports profile. I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in seeing that he has one offer to this point, and it's from Tennessee back in early December. Uh, now the other part of that that's intriguing is he is yet to get another offer, but he's gotten interest from schools like Georgia and Alabama uh, as a big bodied guy, and he's. He's a defensive uh, being recruited by Tennessee as a defensive lineman. We we can get into that more in a minute, but he is a six foot seven, uh, a little bit more than six seven, uh, from, from what I understand, two hundred ninety five pound uh, defensive lineman who's also played some tight end in high school um, because he's, he's that athletic that um, that he didn't just play on the offensive line on offense. He played tight end, so he is a, a big kid who can move pretty well, uh, and there's a lot to like about him from. From Tennessee's perspective, that's you know they were identified him last season when he played football for the first time since eighth grade. After kind of focusing on on basketball uh, his first couple of years in high school, and so that you're you're getting a raw, big, athletic kid that, that still I'm sure has plenty to learn and, and still needs to continue to develop. But man, there's a lot to work with here and a lot of upside for for Tennessee. So I think this is a really nice pickup for the Vols, uh, a guy who could easily project to, to multiple positions with uh, how big and athletic he is. But, you know, again, Tennessee has been intrigued from the, from the start by, by the possibility of playing him on the offensive, uh, on the defensive line. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, it's hard not to think that he, wherever he ends up ha- has a lot of potential just with uh, just with sort of the overall athletic profile he has and the sheer size, you don't find many guys with that kind of height and length um, that uh, impressive wingspan in addition to the height. So, uh, clearly a lot to work with there for Tennessee. And I think a guy that still could get more offers this spring and, and even into the summer, uh, some schools that were hoping to see him in camps, I'm sure will be disappointed to see that he's already committed. So that's another reason this is a big deal for Tennessee. I think to go ahead and get this one wrapped up before other schools might have the chance to see him work out this summer, potentially. Sounds like if Ryan Callahan was on the coaching staff that Ryan Callahan may be pitching to, to get Jeremiah's herd on the offensive line. Well, I, I think there's a he's got some some potential for either side of the ball in the future. I, I think that that's the best way to say it. You know, defensive lineman, you don't see a lot of guys that are six foot seven. Um, that can that can almost work against you sometimes on the defensive line to have such such height and length because the idea is to play low, right? When when you're on the defensive line, uh, you, you in particular on that side of the ball, but you want you want to get low 
that's something they work on all the time. You see Rodney Garner putting those guys through the, through the shoots and, and, and having them work on that. So for a taller guy, that can be a challenge. Now, at the same time, we've seen guys like John Henderson come through tennis. Albert Hainsworth had tremendous height. You know, it, it can be done that you can, you can be a very good defensive tackle at that size. But when people see that kind of size, I think they're naturally going to think, offensive tackle so uh, now he says Alabama had even talked to him about possibly trying him as a tight end now I know Alabama can recruit some bigger tight ends but now that he's 295 or so I don't know that they would be seeing too much tight end in his future Uh, but regardless I I think a guy that has has the potential for sure to play on the offensive line in the future in addition to defensive line so I think he's one of those guys that Tennessee will probably get him on campus try him on the defensive line see how things start off there see how he develops. Uh, there's there's enough athleticism that, hey, he absolutely could stick there. You know, there, I'm reminded uh, of Omari Thomas coming out of high school. A lot of people thought and still might that that Omari's uh, higher ceiling was on, on the offensive line if he'd been willing to play there, but he wanted to play on the defensive side of the ball. So so you just never know how those things might play out. And, and here we are four years later, Omari's developed into a pretty good defensive lineman and might have a chance to play in the NFL. So So we'll see. We'll see if that ends up uh, being uh, being a, a good decision long term for Amari. But some of these guys, uh, they you've got to go with the position they want to play. And it seems like Hurd has always seen him uh, seen himself as a defensive lineman. But I, I don't think he's opposed to anything. And I think there's still some. Uh, he, he's just raw enough that he's going to have to develop probably on either side of the ball. So one of those guys, you just get him on campus, start him on defense, and that's the way they used to do it under Philip Fulmer all the time. And if they're not, if it doesn't work out for any reason, you can always move into the offensive line. So just a, a big bodied guy who gives you some nice options. And certainly with that, that kind of size and length, um, a, a lot of people naturally would think he, he might be a pretty good option at offensive tackle, if nothing else. And if I'm not mistaken, this commitment comes after he was in attendance for the orange and white game last weekend. Well, was that the case? And, and how much of that visit, led him to choosing Tennessee. I, I would imagine since we have him unranked and and he's not a, a prospect that's been heard about a ton, Tennessee showing early interest and and kind of being loyal from the jump led him to this decision. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, again, they started recruiting him really back in October after they saw some of his film around midseason, got him in town for the Kentucky game. They were really excited to have him on campus that day. He came back a couple weeks later for the Missouri game, so he got a couple chances to see Tennessee before he even had an offer. And then they went back when coaches were on the road and, and offered him in early December. So they, they've had their eyes on him for a while now. They've, they've developed some pretty good relationships with him. And the only question was just what, what was going to happen with other schools. And I personally, I'm, I'm just still shocked that other schools, you know, even a even if not other SEC schools, a Georgia Tech or someone like that in the area, it's hard to believe someone else hasn't seen just the the little bit of film he's got from last year and the, and the the just the potential there and a guy that's this big and this athletic and say you know what let's throw our hat in here and see if we can if we can at least get him here for a camp this summer convince him to to keep things open because this is what you want to avoid you want to if you're another school you don't want a kid like this to come off the board before you've even gotten a chance to evaluate him. So I, I will be interested in seeing what sort of the fallout is from this in the weeks to come. Does anyone still come after him? The, the spring evaluation period is going on right now with coaches on the road. Do other schools offer here and, and eventually cause him to 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 maybe attend a camp or two this summer? We'll, we'll see. I don't think 
that possibility is off the off the table just because he's not really gone through the recruiting process with anyone other than Tennessee when it comes to taking visits and things like that. Never visited Georgia this spring, although they talked to him about getting on campus at some point. Never visited Alabama this spring. Um, they, they both, I think, had interest in getting him to camp, and that just hasn't happened. So the big question was just, is he going to wait until the summer, which was initially his plan, or is he going to go ahead and make a decision before then? And I think Tennessee just did such a good job with him, was so loyal to him from the start, and, and has made it clear that he's a priority to them. I think he finally just decided, you know what, why not go ahead and commit? They're, they're the team that clearly wants me right now. They've been after me for months. Uh, what, what am I waiting on? You know, even if uh, a school that in the SEC that, that I'm interested in offers, Tennessee's got this huge head start on them and has been on me from the start. And I think that means something to a lot of players. So, so I think that's definitely one of the reasons he decided to just go ahead and wrap it up, even though there's still a chance someone could offer this spring or summer. And I, I'm, I'm sure Tennessee fans, at least as some out there, will kind of be scratching their head when when they realize that uh, we do not currently have him ranked, which I, I'm sure will change at some point. He, he will be ranked. Uh, we, we go through multiple recruiting ranking updates uh, throughout the, the calendar year. So he'll be ranked at some point. So I, I wouldn't worry about that too much. And uh, even despite him not being a five star or or a four star or uh, uh, other schools not necessarily being after him just yet, Ryan, I think it's as simple as even if he decides to, or not his decision solely, but if if Tennessee elects to play him at a different position, Rodney Garner was involved in making this decision to take his commitment, and simply put. If if even if he's not ranked, even if he's not ranked high, even if a bunch of schools aren't going after him, even the schools in his own backyard, like you got to trust Rodney Garner. That that to me trumps all of that. Absolutely, and and he's he's had a pretty good track record of finding some guys like this that are sort of under the radar, being on them first. I, I think when when Tennessee offered back in the fall, I think they were convinced they were going to have to beat out some other major programs for for Jeremiah's herd, thinking that. Um, that just once Tennessee offered, you're, you're going to have others that that take notice of that offer. Say, wait, wait a minute, Tennessee just offered this guy, and that was his first offer. Let's let's take a look at the tape, and, and then that that leads to other offers. A lot of times, that that hasn't happened yet for for whatever reason. Uh, I think the school he's at, you know, probably one of the one of the reasons for that. But uh, it's still still a bit of a, a head scratcher. But yeah, Rodney Garner has found guys like this before, and sometimes they turn into four stars after he finds them early and sometimes that they don't um you know I, i'm reminded of a guy who ended up being big time uh, and ended up being in tennessee's 2023 recruiting class but david hobbs was one uh that that rodney garner identified early as someone he was very interested in and one of the reasons that i think hobbs was able to kind of shrug it off that tennessee ended up being sort of late to offering him was that tennessee had shown some interest earlier in the process and made it clear they were they were interested for months. Uh, so they, they'd got him on campus even multiple times before he came back for a camp, uh, the, the summer going into his senior year and, and got that offer from Tennessee finally. So, uh, even guys like that, you know, they, he can sometimes identify these guys before other schools. And that, that always gives you at least a chance to have a leg up on, on some of the competition. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's hard to argue with Rodney Garner's track record and, uh, they they do have a history of finding these types of guys before other schools, so not surprised that that they uh you know scoured the 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 circuit last year in Georgia and and found this guy before other teams and uh and, and you know again it's still a head scratcher to me that other teams haven't offered, but 
that's that's not their fault. You know, they 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 saw talent, identified it, recruited him hard, and it wasn't just Rodney Garner. I mean, he's he's talked to Josh Heupel, uh, Lavorne Harbin, uh, that, that helps out with uh, with the defensive line as a, as a senior defensive analyst. He's he's been in touch with multiple guys from Tennessee staff frequently. So they have they have not recruited him like a guy with one offer, to say the least. They've recruited him like a guy who's a priority. And they've done a good job with them. So I think that has to mean something when Rodney Garner spots you, recruits you hard, and says, this is the guy we need. Uh, I, th- I think you definitely got to listen to that, even if you're not sure about uh, you know, sort of how he's going to develop or, or anything like that. But I, I think it's pretty easy to see, though, the potential. Once you turn on the uh, the film, uh, I, I think everybody on Tennessee staff was probably pretty sold once uh, once once Garner or whoever showed showed his film to everybody else because the, the talent is clearly there, as his back, uh, basketball background would suggest. Yeah, and those coaches that you mentioned, they they know football. It it's it's really that simple. But I think the other thing that that kind of has to excite Tennessee fans. And before I say that, I wanted to mention he kind of reminds me of an Amari McNeil, uh, a, a young, uh, under recruited kid out of the state of Georgia, who was athletic, but but you weren't really seeing a. a a ton of other schools in, involved. Maybe you can correct me there if I'm wrong, but I, I don't really remember him being one of the the heavy recruited guys and kind of flew under the radar and, and Tennessee snuck in there and, and and picked up a commitment from him. And, and then all of a sudden you, you kind of forget about him, right? And he, he kind of pops out of nowhere at the end of this past season because of that athleticism. Uh, that That's somebody who, who comes to my mind when, when thinking about this Commitment, but the other thing to get you excited, Ryan, if you're a Tennessee fan, on on top of Rodney Garner signing off, is that basketball background. Uh, you, you see it a lot with tight ends and, and that transition, but there there are a lot of success stories uh, about kids or or even college players switching sports and and going on to to be great uh, in in football from basketball. So I, I think that's another area that can get Tennessee fans excited as well. For, for sure, and I think that's one of the reasons, yeah, to, to be very excited about his potential because, and not just that. I mean, some some big guys play basketball, um, but they're they're not necessarily high level players. Uh, Jeremiah's heard has has gotten at least some some interest from Division One programs. He's mentioned Kennesaw State, I think Georgia State, uh, or one of those other schools in Georgia. He's mentioned has shown some interest. No offers yet, but he's at least been on the radar to the point that he wanted to. That was initially one of the reasons he wanted to wait until the summer to to make a decision. Is he wanted to see if anything came out of his, the basketball interest that he was getting. He he was you know looking at maybe attending some 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 basketball camps and things like that that could have helped him get offers. So uh, I think he wanted that all to play out at first before he made any kind of decisions. Uh, but it became clear I think uh, after a while that you know even if he got other offers you know, what what were the chances that it was going to top up uh, an offer to football at, at Tennessee and be in the SEC so uh he really likes basketball uh don't don't know if it's his you know first love to the point that he was uh wanting to play basketball over football and, and it just didn't work out I, I think he's he's warmed up to the idea of playing football and is pretty excited and understands he has a a high ceiling in that sport but but I think you love the the multi-sport background there and the fact that he has so much untapped potential on the football field. I mean, it, it, when you get a guy like this who's played one season of high school football, they're 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 just a blank canvas in a lot of ways, and you can uh, you can sort of mold them into to whatever you need them. Uh, Brian Grant, another player that kind of reminds me of of his background. Uh, he he played one year of high school football, and in Tennessee saw enough. Glenn Ellerby and those guys they 
they made him a priority after seeing one one season of film. So uh, you you can find those guys sometimes and and mold them and develop them. You know, time will tell what Grant turns into, but uh, but heard to me the type of guy that has has probably an even higher ceiling than, than Grant in a lot of ways. I think there's a really a lot to like about Hurd, and, and obviously you just can't teach the kind of size he has. Need to talk about Tennessee's defensive line recruiting as a whole following the commitment of Jeremiah's Hurd, and we will do that after we catch a break here on the Go Vols 247 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Go Vols 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee. He is Ryan Callahan. A breaking news edition of sorts of the podcast because Jeremiah's herd has committed to Tennessee. Tennessee stays hot on the recruiting trail in the month of April. And before we continue that conversation, would like to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Ryan, with the commitment of Jeremiah's herd in the boat, where does Tennessee's defensive line class now stand? Well, so, still pretty early in building the defensive line class. You, you do have an early commitment from uh, from Carson Gentle as well, the the in-state defensive end from Macaulay School in Chattanooga, and he he does project as as a as a defensive end. Probably, you know, I don't I don't see him getting too too big. Um, so so probably a guy that plays you know strong side defensive end or something to that effect in in the long run. So you've got a couple different guys there. Heard. You know, obviously, his current size, it won't take much for him to top 300 pounds. So, probably going to be a defensive tackle. Uh, even though he has, you know, told me he thinks he he thinks of himself as a defensive end right now, but I think he's going to quickly outgrow that uh, if he has any thoughts of playing defensive end in college. So, so probably a guy that plays on the interior. Still need to do a lot more work there. You know, that's a position group where we've seen Tennessee. You know, they've had they've had to go to the transfer portal, uh, getting uh, Omar Norman Lott this this uh, off season. Still, kind of replenishing the the depth at that position, so that they need to need to add a few more guys, maybe at that position. But they're they're in on some pretty good ones. Uh, Williams Winery from from Missouri, the five star, who's one of the top players in the country, regardless of position. Uh, he's he's planning to take an official visit to Tennessee in June, so that's certainly uh, a big name that's out there for Tennessee. 
and, and Kamarion Franklin would be the other really big name that they have a shot at uh, out of Mississippi, just south of Memphis. He has uh, been to Tennessee multiple times, was back on campus actually for the Orange and White game and spent multiple days uh, on campus during that visit and, and already has an official visit scheduled to Tennessee for the weekend of June 16. So some big names still out there like that. Uh, if you want to include edge rushers, there are obviously a lot more names still on the board, uh, including those guys. But the true you know, guys that we have listed as defensive linemen on, on 24-7 sports, the guys who are you know, strong side ends or defensive tackles usually, um, th- those guys, Tennessee, still got a, a pretty healthy list of, of options there. Jeremiah Beeman uh, out, out of Birmingham, Alabama would be another one, uh, a high four-star guy that they are involved with. Uh, and, and a bunch of others, uh, Morris Williams out of North Carolina, a four-star uh, that, who's visited Tennessee before, uh, Nasir Smith out of Georgia. So uh, they've got a pretty healthy list there. A couple guys already committed. I'd say they're off to a good start and, and definitely in a position where they you know, aren't going to have to reach to find some guys in this class. You know, They've had trouble sometimes filling out their, their defensive line classes in recent years. This year being off to the start that, they're, that they have right now, uh, I, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape to fill their needs and, and get some pretty good players to get those remaining spots filled. Do we have an early feel for how many defensive linemen Tennessee will will look to take? And with the potential of Jeremiah's Herd maybe playing offensive line one day, do you think that that changes the number for Tennessee? Or are they proceeding as if he is 1,000% a defensive lineman? And then maybe we'll think about changing positions once we get him on campus. Yeah, I think that's got to be kind of a wait and see thing. You maybe factor it into the to your thinking to some degree. So, so there maybe could that that could maybe strengthen the argument to take another one if if you end up being on the fence about uh, whether to stop or, or or take somebody else in the in the final months leading up to signing day. So that that could end up being a a, a factor in their thinking. I I think a, a fairly typical defensive line class. You know, you, you could maybe see them take five or so if if you're counting the edge rushers. Yeah, that's where you could see them maybe take six, um, so, somewhere around there. Um, so, so I think they'll they'll get a they'll try to get a couple edge rushers, and then you're probably looking at you know four other guys um, most likely that, that would play defensive tackle and and defense and strong side defensive end. So if you're if you're taking all those those guys together, I would say six is probably a good number to expect, uh, and that's that's to kind of help again help Tennessee replenish the numbers there and uh, and and get that that depth in a healthy spot where they've been they've they've been okay i think in in recent years but you're still trying to just improve the talent level and and keep rodney garner with a healthy rotation he likes to play 12 guys at all times uh which is a, a big rotation to have and he's he's gotten gotten by with that so far but you've got some guys that uh just left and you've got more that who will be leaving after this year so so you got to kind of keep the keep the roster churning and uh and bring in new guys and i think they they feel a, a, a decent sized group there will will help them get to that point. So we'll we'll see how Herd factors into that. That that will be interesting because he is maybe more of a two way lineman in a lot of ways. You know how how do they proceed with that? But I think it's something they've at least got to take into consideration, uh, especially once they get to those final spots in the class. Of okay, maybe we do want to take this guy if we can get him uh, to fill that final spot. You know something like that. And it seems like the defensive line position is is really going to be an important one. It always is, obviously, right? The the SEC and college football at its best is a line of scrimmage league. You, you have to be strong in the trenches. But when I'm, what, what I mean when I say that is that because of Tennessee's current 
roster structure and, and the current state of the roster, you're probably losing Amari Thomas, uh, Elijah Simmons, Omar Norman Lott, and I may be forgetting another veteran off the, the top of my head uh, as well there on the interior of the defensive line. Who knows what Tyler Barron does? It, it seems like a roller coaster with him every single offseason in terms of what his offseason plans are. So when you kind of look towards next year, which which that's a long ways away, and you have the transfer portal, there there are COVID years, I believe, that some guys can still use. But just generally speaking, you have a lot of older interior defensive linemen on your roster. And if if you don't want to have a drop off at that position, then this recruiting cycle and obviously the transfer portal will come into play as well as it did this past season with Omar Norman Lott. But the interior of the defensive line, Ryan, I feel is as important as, as any for Tennessee this particular cycle. Yeah, and they and they've started to to work on on finding kind of the next generation of guys there with with Dave and Hobbs obviously being part of this freshman class. We didn't get to see him this spring, so there's probably not as much talk about him lately as uh as there is about some of the other guys that we did get to see. But uh hard not to be excited about his potential. I think if you're Tennessee, knowing the the type of athleticism and uh frame and everything that he has, he he just looks like a guy who could be uh, a, a big time player over the next few years if he develops to to, to be the kind of player I think he can be. But uh, to, to your point, you know, Dejon Terry, uh, Karat Garland, those guys are fifth-year seniors. Uh, Norman Lott actually should be back next year. He's a, he's only a junior, um, has a couple years left, but, you know, always a chance he could have such a good year that he he might have a decision to make. Um, but, yeah, you do have a few veterans there about to leave, and that's uh, that's that's kind of what I was I was getting at a few minutes ago. I think they've got such a big group of veterans there that you you need to have a pretty, pretty healthy-sized defensive line class to at least – you know, replenish the depth there, restock the cupboard, restock the cupboard a bit, and and make sure you've got enough numbers at that spot. But even then, to your point, I think it's it's possible this this is a position Tennessee might need to supplement uh, in the transfer portal again next offseason, assuming they don't add someone else there uh, this spring. So I, I think that's going to be an evolving situation, and we'll we'll see. You know, that some of those guys might have a, a COVID year they could take advantage of, so maybe you don't lose all of them after this year, but there, there's certainly going to be some veterans leaving that Tennessee's going to have to replace. So uh, you need to keep the numbers healthy there. And uh, certainly, you know, Heard, not a guy that probably projects as an immediate impact guy uh, on, on whichever side of the ball he plays, but definitely someone who I think can, uh, can, can be part of the long-term thinking at that position. So even if he's not a day one starter or day one rotational guy, even at defensive tackle, uh, someone that you want to be able to count on long term and, and it's hard not to be excited about what he could be in uh you know two three years down the road for sure once he continues to develop last thing before we get out of here ryan do you feel like there's any storylines that tennessee fans need to be aware of following the commitment of jeremiah's herd well it's already been a pretty good month of april for them you know not not a whole lot of uh activity usually in the month of april tennessee's starting to to buck that trend a little bit the past couple of years uh, it was april of last year when they got caleb herring uh, now we see Tennessee getting a a few guys in the month of April. They've already got the quarterback position addressed. You know, now a, a lot of things going forward are, are going to be about spring visits and spring commitments for the most part. You know, we'll we'll see if anything else develops. There's always a a possibility something could change, of course, in recruiting. But you know, most guys who've waited this long are are, are looking to make summer decisions. Um, so so we'll just see how things play out from here. But a lot of uh. A lot of storylines always to watch during the spring evaluation period. You're, you're looking to see who's going to schedule official visits to Tennessee, what new offers go out. You know, every year 
people start to you, you sort of focus on the guys who visited in the spring, right? And then in, inevitably some new targets will surface during the spring while coaches are on the road who end up being important. So there are some names that we're not talking about right now who will end up being priorities for Tennessee in the coming months. It happens every year. And uh, so, so always worth watching uh, which, which guys end up getting offers and maybe scheduling visits to Tennessee for the month of June. So uh, always plenty to keep track of this time of year, but yeah, we're starting to work toward those June official visits and, Guys, even setting decision dates for you know June and or you know mid July and early July, things like that, as they look to to make decisions before their senior seasons. So so definitely uh, keeping an eye on that, and then maybe more immediately, uh, we, we've already touched on it a little bit, but transfer portal recruiting. You know, it doesn't affect the the twenty twenty four class directly uh, in, in that sense, but uh, the biggest storyline to to kind of watch right now is who's leaving in the transfer portal, who might be coming in. We've seen Tennessee offer a couple guys. Or at least at least one guy, and, and be in, in contact with at least a couple guys in the transfer portal so far. Uh, you know, which positions do they look to address? I, I could see a need at, at wide receiver, maybe on the offensive line. It looks like, or at least there's some some willingness to address the offensive line. Tight end, they still could use depth. They, they've already been in contact with a safety. You know, do they find a quarterback who might be a fit to provide some depth there? There are several possibilities out there. So, what can they add? Uh, what do they end up losing? in the transfer portal, probably the, the main most pressing thing to watch, but always keeping an eye on some of these guys who are looking to make summer decisions to make sure things don't get sped up the way they did with Jeremiah's Hurt. Ryan, appreciate you filling us in on Jeremiah's Hurt, Tennessee's new defensive line commitment from Rome, Georgia. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Ben. He's Ryan Callahan. I'm Ben McKee, and this has been another edition of the Go Balls 247 podcast. Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.